Hi everybody, I'm Peter Jacobson, and welcome to Jake's Takes. So happy to be joined now by my son-in-law, Chris Saylor, married to my middle child, Kristen. And it's kind of an interesting story, Chris. You're from Rochester, New York, and we didn't actually meet, but we were on the same golf course during the 95 Ryder Cup at Oak Hill. Yes, I remember I went with my grandmother and I was just old enough to go explore the course on my own. And I was really excited to see this this young player, Phil Mickelson. I just thought he was... Wait a minute. I thought you were going to say you were excited to see an older player like... Well, no. Well, uh, so okay. I, 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 I snuck away and my grandma let me go. So I started to follow, follow around. I finally caught up to Phil. I got close enough uh, to the 13th tee box and I'm waiting, I'm excited, and this other guy comes up to the tee, I'm just like, where's Phil? And Peter <laughs> Jacobson, I'm just Never like, heard of that I, guy. I don't, doesn't ring a bell, I don't know, just hurry up and hit so I can see my guy Phil, you know, and uh, got to see my boy, <laughs> Phil, who turned out to be a pretty good player uh, over the years. Yeah, yeah, I think he's, uh, I think he's still going strong. He's doing pretty, pretty well. Yeah, uh, when it comes to mine. Interesting, that was Phil's first Ryder Cup, my last Ryder Cup. And probably one of the most satisfying part of my career was I was on two Ryder Cup teams. And when you have the chance to represent your country, it, it is in, incredibly special. And as everybody knows, there's no money, there's no, there's no, there's no cash to play for, just national pride. And that was one of the greatest times I've ever had in my golf career. Now, we eventually met when you and Kristen started mm-hmm. dating. And do you remember when you asked me for her hand in marriage? Do you remember where we were? In a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I do do remember. That Which, was the senior PGA at Whistling Straits. Correct. I believe. Um, we were at some function. I, I don't remember. I'm sweating bullets. I'm like, I gotta ask him. Like, yeah, I I gotta do it before the tournament starts. And I think you were going out to the car to get something. I'm like, I gotta stalk this guy. So I I just basically ran out. I don't even know how I started the conversation. I probably just mumbled a bunch of words and was sweating so bad you just felt bad for me and said yes. And I don't, I don't even remember what I said. Well, you you asked, and of course we said yes. And you've been a fantastic son-in-law and a member of our family. In fact, so much so that when I played one year in the Skills Challenge, I asked if you would caddy for me. Now, for all of you that may not know the Skills Challenge, it was uh, it was eight skills. We would hit tee shots, long irons, wedges, recovery shots, putts, chips, bunker shots, things like that. There was always four or eight players, and we would compete against each other. And we were down in Florida. You were in in at NYU or with my, med, in med school. school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you came down, and uh, we had one competition under our belt. We hit the long drive, and we're walking out to the next skill, which I believe was the long iron, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, a gentleman hit the ground. Take it from there. Well, I mean, luckily, I just finished a, at least a few medical rotations, so I certainly was not comfortable, but I'm like, well, I'm probably the most qualified person here, so I better go check it out. Um, I just finished a rotation in the ICU, in the cardiac ICU. So I got down there, and this guy's on the ground. 
and you know just the usual people kind of freaking out a little bit what's going on i get down and all of a sudden the you know guy kind of almost you know he's lying on his back basically jumps off the ground and everybody's like jumping back like oh my god what just happened and luckily the week before i had saw somebody on the floors with the same thing he had a heart condition but he had an internal defibrillator and that was going off so from the hot sun he was dehydrated his heart wasn't doing so well but he had the internal defibrillator as soon as i saw that go off i immediately just knew oh he's gonna be fine so just talked to everybody i said you know get everybody away we got some umbrellas got them some water went off a few more times couple more screams and oh my gosh yeah but, but you jump you you're downplaying this you jumped yeah. in there like you were a, a, a member of chicago med yeah. you dropped my golf bag you but jumped sorry, down sorry to the that. ground that's okay it's okay i believe fred couples was right there mm -hmm. you said everybody get back and we all got back about five feet and this gentleman looked to be in distress mm -hmm. but when he was had the defibrillator going off you put your hand up, looked at us, and said, he's going to be fine. Somebody bring me a towel. And somebody brought him a towel, put it under his head, and then the defibrillator went off again. And we're standing around. We're horrified. You're holding his hand. You got your hand on his forehead. And you said, somebody call 911. I was so impressed with you at that point that I knew I was in good hands because I was probably going to go down at some point <laughs> then or in the future. Yeah. But we all, to this day, all those pros that were playing, I think Nick Price was there and Couples was there, maybe Greg Norman. They were like, hey, how's your son-in-law? Man, that guy jumped right into it, yeah. and it was quick action. Oh. And right place at the right time. I was glad I was there. But I didn't win the skills challenge. Sorry. Was that pro your fault? I, I have to take at least 10% of the blame because that was my cut of the money, I think. Yeah, so I'll I think take it was. I still paid you 10%, yeah. but um, what what was 10% of last place? I, I can't remember. Uh, I think I had to pay you, probably. Yeah, we're going to have to go back and yeah. check the record books on I that. I think so. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. The fans are fired up and making sure they show it. They're rowdy and loud, not your usual crowd. It's a jungle in I think a goal for every golfer is to play as many top golf courses as they can. And being a tour player, I've been so lucky to have been able to play all, well, not all, but so many of the great ones in competition, whether it's a U.S. Open, Open Championship, PGA, and the Masters at Augusta National. I'm joined right now by my son-in-law, Chris Saylor. And Chris, you and I have been able to travel to some pretty cool places, and you've been able to play these golf courses for the first time. And some of them are, you're going to have to help me here, Pebble, Cypress Point. Pine Valley, Augusta, Wingfoot, Sleepy Hollow. Deepdale Deep in New York. Dale. It's been, been a good, uh, good few years here. What do you see as the common denominator, common theme between these great golf courses? Each one is so unique, and it's, it's just golf at its purest. And each course may bring a different facet of this. Um, Talk about a course like Pine Valley. It's just how good are you from putter to driver? It tests every single club in your bag and every hole is different and you cannot have a weak part of your game. Uh, you get to courses like Augusta and it's probably one of the most fun courses to play and you can hit some amazing shots and you get rewarded 
and if you hit a shot a foot in the wrong direction, you're going to have a double bogey. And th there's such a fine line there between a great shot and, and a bad outcome. But one of the most fun courses, um, the tradition and just kind of the history that you get it when you play a place like Cypress Point and just, just golf at its purest and no... No yardages on the on the sprinkler heads. No sprinkler heads. I mean, you just it's just it's golf. It's all it is, and it, and it's just really really quite thrilling. Places like Pebble, you get dramatic. You know, cliff. You play wing foot and rough. You can't even see your knees because it's so high. They're all different tests, but um, each one's just a little unique and and something different. The one thing, as an architect, I've designed a few golf courses with my design partner Jim Hardy. The one thing that I see as a PGA Tour player in these great golf courses is angles. And I think, I think that gets largely overlooked when you're playing different golf courses and there's a lot of dog legs, left mm -hmm. to right, right to left, some sharper than others. But if a golf course does break to the left or break to the right, the greens are designed such that they can hide pins. And the one thing that I know about Augusta National is that they can put those pins in certain corners and up on little edges or down in bowls where if you don't hit it in the proper side of the fairway, you can't get at the pin. And my good buddy Roger Maltby, who I work with at NBC Sports and Golf Channel, he says, just because they put a pin on the green doesn't mean you have to shoot at it or you can shoot at it. That's the thing. And did you notice any of that when you were playing? Because... As I said, you're a good player. You're a scratch handicapper. Yeah, and you know to tie that in, the good courses make you think about how you're going to play that hole. So starting at the tee, knowing the pin position is key. And I, I think all those courses do that in a different way. And like you said, Augusta, the pin position, you may have to play different parts of the fairway. Um, so that's, I think, one commonality and that you're going to get at any well-designed course. What about short game? That's the one thing that people, I don't think they, they think about short game when you play a great golf course. When you see Nicholas and Trevino and Woods and Palmer and Mickelson, on and on and on, the great players in the history of the game, they're all revered by how they drive it or how they hit iron play, have hit irons to the green, but what they all have is a great short game. In comparing these courses, Cypress Point to Pebble to Augusta to Pine Valley that you've played, it all boils down. If you're going to score well, it's all short game. Yeah. Being able to play with you and some other professionals, the one thing everybody asks is, what's it like to play with these guys? And I said, oh, they, you know, they all hit it straight. Yeah, that's, that's fine. As soon as they get 100 yards or anywhere closer to the green, it's lights out. Everything is sticking next to the pin. These guys, it's an automatic up and down every time. That's the number one difference between somebody who gets paid to do it and the rest of us that just do it on a weekend. <laughs> I think what we've worked on, too, whenever we've come uh, and I, we get together in New York or around, around the country and we play, I'm probably working more on your chipping and putting than anything because yeah. you are a, such a good player. You've got a beautiful swing. You hit it a long way. You're like yeah. all these kids today that you bomb it, hit away by me. But I think... One thing I've tried to help you with is short game, just getting it up and down, hitting better pitches, cleaner pitches. Yeah. I'd say about 75% of my practice now is just chipping and putting. It's the only way to, to score better. Well, listen, thanks for joining us on the podcast. And uh, I'm sure we're going to have a chance to get out and play some more great golf courses in our future. Just give me a call.
Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Jake's Takes podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Peter Jacobson. These have been my takes. What are yours?